Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do somewhere! short little convo here is uh, soccer is just blowing up right now. Had the opportunity to talk, so uh, went ahead and took it. Uh, we'll talk to him here in just a little bit, but we'll start out like we always do with the need to know news. Here's your need to know news. All right, like I said at the uh, top of the show here, Cubs are back in action tonight. Bello taking on Hendricks. Uh, Cubs a slight home dog tonight. Wind blowing out tonight at Wrigley. That's always interesting. It's almost not quite double digits, but it's uh, it's up there. Cubs have won five of Hendricks' last six starts. So that's good news. White Sox are in hot land tonight. It's Kopech taking on Charlie Morton. Kopech coming off the I.L. has lost his, uh, or at least, uh, at least had no decisions, I think, in his last... And guy hasn't had a, like a, a W since before Memorial Day, but he's had a lot of no decisions as of late. White Sox have lost his last four starts. He's walked 16 batters in his last three. Whew. Charlie Morton continues to be good, taking home a W in each of his last four starts. His K per nine at home this season is over 11. No word exactly on the condition of Luis Robert Jr., whether or not he will play, won't play. And I don't think they put out the official lineup just yet. I'm keeping an eye on it, but we haven't seen anything just yet. Something comes across, we'll let you know. Bulls dropped a 2-2 two two in the Summer League yesterday, 87-83. Everybody was terrible. They shot 34% from the floor, 20% from behind the arc. Pacers are in action tonight. They're going to take on the Mavericks, 7 o'clock, and you can watch that on ESPN. Former big leaguer Josh Newman has been hired as the new pitching coach for Purdue Baseball. This is Coach Greg Goff. Further release, Newman served as Penn State's pitching coach for six seasons. A three-time All-Big Ten honoree for the Buckeyes from 2001 and 2004. Newman coached at Ohio State from 11 to 13 and at Marshall from 14 to 17. After his playing career, he's helped develop 13 pitchers into the Major League Draft. Sounds like a uh, sounds like a good guy to have around, doesn't it? And glad you picked him up now, because he is a uh, apparently a, a, a coveted assistant. And it looks like Northwestern might just be looking for a new, 
might be looking for a new coach as well. Not just in football, now it's in baseball. Houses keep happening to them. Jim Foster's out. Quote, relieved of his duties effective immediately after just a season. Derek Gregg announced. He said he didn't reveal the exact reason for the dismissal, but made a vague reference to building a culture. Foster had been investigated by human resources before the season. Profound evidence that Foster, quote, engaged in bullying and abusive behavior, according to a document from the Chicago Tribune, and also made inappropriate comments about a female staff member. 670 The Score in Chicago said that Foster discouraged players from seeking medical attention for injuries, and players actually hid injuries from him. The station also reported that Northwestern coaches and other staff members attempted to meet with Greg, but were denied an opportunity. Doesn't sound like a great dude to play for. Tyler Duncan at the Barbasol. An interesting first seven holes for him. Comes out. Well, first off, he's one under for the day. One under for the tourney. He um, he birdied the first hole. Then he parred the second two. Then he double bogeys uh, six. And then eagles seven. I'm sorry, he double bogeyed four and then the eagle five. He parred, parred. So three strokes back from the projected cut, which is four currently. For the former Purdue Boilermaker, uh, Adam Shank not participating in uh, in either of the tournaments uh, currently going on. Of course, you have the Scottish Open, the Genesis Scottish Open, and uh, the Barbasol Championship, which is uh, going on not in uh, Scotland, but... Uh, that is in Nicholsville, Kentucky. So Tyler sitting in 88. He's moved to two under through eight. So uh, another birdie for him. Now just two strokes off of uh, where we think the projected cut is. So good luck, Tyler, man. And just like that, that's our need to know news for this Friday, July the 14th. All right, we're back at it again tonight. We're trying to make some money. We like to use our friends from DraftKings. We're looking for some bets. Who's who's hot? Who do we like tonight? First game back from the All-Star break. If we're being honest, I did not find a ton of hitters that I was psyched about. Pitchers are a little bit different here. Charlie Morton against the White Sox tonight. White Sox fifth worst in the last month against right-handed pitching strikeout rate. And if Luis Robert Jr. is not going to play, whoever they're going to slot in there is probably not going to be tremendous either. Charlie at uh, it started out at five and a half. It's up to six and a half. Uh, he's hit that line in five of his last eight and eight of his last twelve starts. Good play, uh, Dean uh, Creamer over for Baltimore. Love this play today. Over four and a half strikeouts. He's hit that line in nine straight games in twelve of his last fifteen. Miami is a tough, that, that's a tough one right there. You know, Bello pitching for Boston tonight uh, in Chicago. He's only a four and a half tonight. His line, uh, he's hit this line in 10 of 14 games this year. Cubs versus right-handed pitching uh, K rate, ninth year to date. They're bottom 10 in the last 7, 14, and 30 days as well. 
Yeah, that's that's what I had in mind tonight. I just feel like it's a little bit more of a, a pitcher's night than anything else. I wasn't like enthralled with anybody and their hitting matchups today. Even though, like, you know, Graham Ashcraft is going to be on the mound at Great America. And I feel like there's a lot of great, a lot of great, um, Ballparks today for balls to fly out of, like you know, they're they're in Colorado, great conditions there. They're in Great America Ballpark, great conditions. Winds also blowing out in Philadelphia. That's the number two uh, stadium for wind variance. You do have to watch out for some rain showers and thunderstorms. A lot of ballparks have the threat here today, and you got to watch. You're going to go over some stuff. You hate to get half a game and then miss your over because your dude only got like you know, one or two at-bats. Nothing worse than that. Absolutely nothing worse than that. If you are looking for hitters tonight, I'll tell you this. Bregman is hitting 370 in 27 plate appearances against Otani uh, with eight singles and three doubles. Teoscar Hernandez, 421 in 20 plate appearances against Erod tonight for Seattle. Trey Turner's hitting 353 in 17 plate appearances against you, Darvish. Justin Turner, 286 in 17 plate appearances versus Kyle Hendricks with uh, two homers in there as well. Erod might be a guy to take advantage of. Not only is Tay Oscar looking good, but J.P. Crawford, 417 in 14 plate appearances against him is not a bad sample size. Yoshida's back on his stuff again, too. Uh, Two-plus bases, or no, sorry, two-plus hits in seven straight games. Hitting 316. Dang, I did not know he was doing that good right now. That was a guy, like, in May that was just, like, you couldn't not bet that dude. He was absolutely on fire. Then he cooled off. God, that's true. He's gotten two hits in every game in the month of July. Exactly two in each game. So he's hitting 480 here over his last six games. That's insane. He had three against Toronto. Then he was three for four against Toronto. Two for three against Toronto. Two for four, two for four, two for five against Texas. Two for five and two for four against Oakland. Here's the other thing to not sleep on, too. He's also on a uh, five-game run score streak. For those of you folks that like hits runs in RBIs. I don't think he's got any kind of history with Kyle Hendricks, though. Interesting, though. He cooled off, man. I realize he's as high as you do. He's sixth in the league in batting average now? Lord. Yeah, he was the epitome of consistency. He went on a nice little run in, I think it was like late May, early June. Yeah, it's the middle of May. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 straight game hit streak. 
And he crushed it, man. I think Cubs might be in a little bit of trouble tonight. I don't know. It's hard first day back. It really is for you. I think the Phillies have got a lot of value tonight. That game's a coin toss. Kind of like the Phillies a little bit more at home than San Diego. Um, golly. Uh, I think the Brewers run away with that one tonight against Cincinnati. The question is, are they going to get the full thing in with uh, with rain and stuff? Because if you think they're going to get the full one in, I don't know how you can't go over nine and a half runs in that game. I think the Braves have got the White Sox number tonight. The Rangers are dead to me right now. I'm a slight lean on the Red Sox tonight. I'd have a gut feeling that the Rays with Tyler Glass now on the mound are going to find a way to screw it up at Kansas City. Gut feeling. Also got a gut feeling that St. Louis is going to start to go on a run. I feel like they're due. Carlos Rodon tonight. Everybody loves his strikeout numbers here, but I think he's still on a pitch count tonight. But he's in Colorado. Those are just the leans for the night. That's what I got. Best of luck to you. Salute. We got a break. Hang tight. Uh, we're going to talk to Tony from the uh, MLS, uh, the, the Apple TV MLS studio team. Right? I had this opportunity to talk to him a little bit about uh, their growth and what's coming up here. And uh, you, you all see Messi shopping at a Publix and nobody's bothering him. This guy couldn't even... Guy couldn't even walk outside without being mobbed in the streets. Now he's like a regular dude in Miami. I don't know. We'll talk to him about that and more. Hang tight. We're coming right back. It is the Hammer Down Show. On- Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. And uh, tell you what, MLS has gotten very exciting all of a sudden here. And we've got Tony from MLS, uh, season pass, a studio host, match analyst. You know him, you love him with with one of America's fastest growing sports. Tony, how are you, buddy? I'm I'm, I'm great, man. I'm, this is a great moment to be uh, associated with soccer in this country. Well, let me tell you. I mean, the the, the messy thing's a real big thing right now, right? I saw the he's out here in Publix like a regular human. How, <laughs> I I don't know how he like that's got to be a culture shock for him to be able to go out in public and like not be mobbed. I mean, he's got to think this is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, but I'm I'm suspecting that that's not going to be the case every time he goes out because there's a big, I mean there's a big, uh, to start uh, there's a big Argentinian community down in in Florida. So uh, that was that was cool. I mean I saw that through social media, and, and the fact that he's going on his first days in Florida, he's going to a supermarket like you and me. For for me, it's just uh, mind blowing. And it's all the money in the world that that guy can make, and like you can't buy an experience like that for him at yeah. this stage of his life, and he got it for free. It's just kind of, uh, it, it's kind of crazy. And, and it, but you know, like you said, it's not going to last for long. You know, soccer is changing in in the U.S. It's getting a lot more TV time now too. Obviously, the women have done uh, great things on the international stage. The men are continuing to climb, although I know uh, it didn't work out too well for him the other night. But kind of talk about how you see it evolving here in America right now. I think soccer is the, from the uh, the big 
collective sports, I think, is the one that has grown more in the last 10 years, and, and MLS is kind of a, a, a sign of that. We, a decade ago, we have less than half of the team that we have now. We, we've welcomed the 29th team this year in St. Louis. They're packing the stadium every time they, they play uh, their uh, home games. Charlotte, which was at a couple of years ago, same thing. Uh, and, and 2025, we're, we're going to have San Diego added to the roster. So 30 teams, that's, uh, that's crazy. And when you, when you come to think that just the uh, 4th of July, past 4th of July, LAFC and LA Galaxy just, just put 83,000 people in the stands for a regular season game, for me, there's no doubt that, that soccer is growing fast and, and steadily uh, in this country. Uh, Tony, tell me a little, what is Ligs Cup? This is the one thing that I constantly find myself trying to catch up on with, especially in the international scene. There, there's all these different Leagues and Cups and stuff. Tell me about Leagues Cup. It, it, it is natural to wonder because this is, although it's, the tournament is not new, it's kind of a new thing because uh, it, before it was played between eight teams and one of one year because of the pandemic was, it wasn't played. So right now it's kind of a new tournament because of its format. It's going to be a 47 team uh, official uh, CONCACAF sanctioned uh, tournament, and that's going to be played around the month. So it's going to look a little bit like a World Cup, like the World Cup that we're going to have in the States three years from now. And, and that tournament is going to uh, be based, that's my take on it, upon a, a rivalry that's uh, growing so much between Mexican teams and MLS teams. So I'm glad to say that we'll, we'll have that also included in MLS season pass. And then that's when even Lionel Messi could be doing his debut uh, into Inter-Miami. So you need to make sure you pick up this MLS season pass. It's on Apple TV. It's a great experience for you. If you're thinking about getting into uh, soccer, I, I think the key is become a fan of a team. Pick a team and become a fan. Uh, Tony, if I was brand new to MLS here, uh, give me a team that you think that a, a brand new fan, give me one or two teams that I should look into to become a fan of here. Well, you should look at uh, LAFC. They're the current champions. They they had a rough patch for the last couple of weeks, but they 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 are getting better, and they have some of the best talent in the game. I would say Atlanta. I would say Columbus is a very good team, um, and and I would say, listen, Messi's coming. Just uh, if you're not that into soccer, I was just I would just tell this. I mean, imagine Michael Jordan playing in a European league in the '90s. That's what we're getting with Messi here. I love it. I'm going to check it out. Get that MLS season pass on Apple TV. Watch Tony and get into this. Again, it's, it's forget pickleball being the fastest growing sport. I'm telling you, it is soccer here. You're going to love it. I've been getting into it, too, on a number of levels, and it's a lot of fun. Tony, I look forward to seeing you on MLS season pass on Apple TV all season long, bud. Thanks, A big thank you to uh, Tony there. It's the uh, Hammer Now Show on 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7 TheHammer.com. Again, I know a little, little out of the purview here, but I had a chance to have the talk. We're in July, and I took advantage. Uh, excited. We didn't get a chance to talk about this earlier in the week, but excited about Big Ten Media Day. Hopefully we'll be down there for that one. Uh, that's in uh, less than two weeks. Coach Walters intends Hudson Card, Sanusi Kane, all the representatives, as well as TJ Sheffield. And what you can infer from that, uh, Coach always goes there. You know, it's not 
Uh, completely unheard of to have your starting quarterback out there. Snoozy Kane representing the defense. And TJ Sheffield, which and hopefully that's just proof that the offense looks good. Now, that's one of our questions here. Who emerges uh, in that wide receiver room? We put back to back great wide receivers into the NFL with Rondell Moore and David Bell. Now, uh, you know, Charlie going in. So who takes up that mantle? It might be my biggest question that I have uh, heading into August. You know, like who's gonna who, who's gonna take up that throne? I don't know that we have an answer to that just yet, and that's not shocking by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, this is a program that's turning. Uh, we're, we're turning around a bit here. Uh, new offensive philosophies. New quarterback. But Sheffield would be one of those guys that I would I, I would circle. I keep hearing some nice things about Zion Steptoe, and you feel like a guy named Steptoe should be a pretty darn good wide receiver. Deion Burks is a guy that's been around. You're waiting for him. But who's that guy? Who's that alpha? Who's that Who's that one that just takes over? It's a, it's a lot of bright underclassmen in there. Now, Rice is a redshirt senior. Sheffield's a redshirt senior. But after that, I mean, there's not a ton of ex- not a ton of experience on field experience left in the room. So, I mean, that's that that's question right now. That's question number one for me right now. Is what what does that pecking order look like? How does that shake out? I mean, there's some other things, too, I'm very interested to get answers to early. How does Garrett Miller look, and how does he fit into this offense? I mean, Purdue missed him last year. Boy, he's just such a threat. Such a, He does so many great things. And I was really worried with the coaching change about losing him, but maybe because of the surgery, there's some... I, I don't know. Maybe he loves being a Purdue Boilermaker. Nobody ever goes to that one, do they? But I'm very excited to see him back in action again. Now, are we getting the... you know What's the next step for Devin Mockaby? Are we getting that? Now, somebody that's 
solidified his spot there. Tyrone Tracy jumping in to help out there as well. I feel more assured on defense, and maybe it's just because um, even though they're not stepping on the field this year, there has been such a avalanche of defensive side of the ball commits in this 2024 class that clearly they like what they're hearing. And I'm hoping, you know, that translates into this year. So what's that, you know, what does that look like? What does this um, airstrike defense look like? I told you, uh, we talked about this a, a while back. If you go and take a look at teams that ran the most cover zero last year, Coach Walter's defense number one in the nation in that category. Are they going to be able to do that this year? I'm excited about the defensive line. Still got some great pieces up there. You know, Mo Monaday still in there. You're getting Joe Strickland in there finally. No more mono. Let's go. You know, the secondary, not a ton of familiar names in there. Although you will see Dylan Thieneman. You do have Sanusi Kane back there. Cam Allen. But how does it all come how does it all come together? I'm so excited for it. And then hopefully we'll get some answers with that on uh with the twenty seventh, it's the Thursday down in Indianapolis that uh they're gonna hold this thing. And they'll be very under the radar, I think. Very under the radar. I think there'll be a lot of attention uh, on the northwestern part of things because everybody wants to have those questions asked as a national story. I've yet to go to a Big Ten media day that uh, Ohio State and Michigan weren't mobbed. New coaches at Wisconsin and Nebraska, teams that have been underperforming that, you know, the prognosticators are just waiting for these guys to go out and win 10 games next year, this year. I would say Coach Walter's taking over Purdue. It's uh, compared to everything else that's been going on in the conference. Probably not a top four or five story right now. That's no disrespect. I just know how the media tends to feel and treat these things. 
And I think that's a very good place for Purdue to be. Nobody likes to put the expectations low. But you look at the schedule, new staff, brand new quarterback, a lot of transfers, and there's just there's a lot of unknowns. So you instinctively want to keep the bar a little bit low until you understand what you have and you feel like you can readjust it. I don't think that that's a terrible thing as a fan. But I'll tell you this. Um, a bowl game this year would be fantastic. That's where I, that's where I personally set the bar, is a bowl game. Get me into a bowl game year one, I'm feeling good. Good pieces at our back, but that schedule, you can't deny, is a little brutal. Now, Fresno State isn't going to be a walk in the park, going out to Virginia Tech, enter Sandman, all that stuff in Blacksburg. Yeah, you can go out there and compete, and then you got that revenge at home against Syracuse. Look, those first three are very important for your bowl game hopes, but on top of that, these are three games here where opponents will have a very, very limited amount of tape on what you are going to do or what you can do. Because given enough time in a college football season, Coaches will find your flaws. They will figure out what you can't do, and then they will try to expose that. But with all of the newness, with personnel, coaching, staff, and all that, and trying to make it work here, it's going to be very hard for Fresno State, Virginia Tech, and you know Syracuse, frankly, to get a good grasp on what Purdue is, what they like to do, what their tendencies are, where the deficiencies are. That's the one thing I like about having Wisconsin, that first Big Ten game at home. It's just a smaller library footage for them to go through. But you come out 2-1 and one out of that non-conference slate, you're off to a great start. Wisconsin's not going to be easy at all. You're going to have to earn that one, and everything in the Big Ten is earned. I'm interested to see what the temperature is like for Illinois. You know, is there a little animosity there? You're going to go to, to Iowa, which the you know, Lord knows how their offense is going to be. Home against Ohio State, we know this place is a house of horrors, but they'll know that too. They'll be prepared. Nebraska... Just seem to have their number. It's been great. At the big house, though, real tough test. Minnesota's been a thorn in the side of Jeff Brom. And Purdue for quite some time. But at least it's at home. Northwestern, you feel pretty good about at this point. Indiana, you feel pretty good about this point. So let's say you go 2-1 and one in that non-conference, and then you can end with two wins. You're at four. You find two between Minnesota, Michigan, Nebraska, Ohio State, Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Not possible, but again, there is a path to six. You could start out three, you know, my goodness. Be great. But there are expectations here. 
what are we, over 40,000 season tickets sold? It's the first time in how long since what, Tiller's last year we've been at that number? I think you just come out and you show you know these crowds there's a lot of fight in this team and that they're a lot of fun to watch, win or lose. People are going to continue to show up. I like them flying under the radar right now. I don't need all the press. I think at this point we all have an idea of who Coach Walters is, who the staff is, what they value, what they like to do. The next thing for you is to see the product on the field. You don't care about the press. You don't care about getting the mentions and all that stuff at this point. I'm sure they would probably like a little bit more. probably helps with recruiting. But you as a fan, what's next? You need to see it on the field. And what, we're getting awfully close to it. What, month and a half now? Can't come soon enough. Don't go anywhere. You hang right around here, and we'll wrap up the Hammer Down Show for the week next. Wrapping up this Hammer Down Show on your Friday, July the 14th. I'm Jared Jessalitis. Thank you for making me a part of your day. Uh, time for some of the things we may have missed, including the Indiana Football Coaches Association's uh, North-South All-Star Game uh, taking place here tonight. You can watch that uh, online, apparently for free, uh, on the ISC Sports Network. Uh, so uh, if you are wanting to check that out, you can do so. Uh, several local young men involved in this game. Um, Bricker Crum, Harrison offensive lineman. Zach Kerr, CC offensive lineman in the game. Um, who else was in there? Uh, it was uh, Brandon Jackson, wide out for uh, Jeff. Max Mullis, quarterback, West Lafayette. Great to see him back out there again. Um, who else? Oh, JoJo Houston. Can't wait. I'll watch him one more time, man. I love JoJo. Don't want to get chased by nobody named JoJo, but great defensive end for Lafayette. Jeff, he's in. I'm missing one other person, wasn't I? Did I miss one other one? Was he the only one that we had locally on defense? I thought we had one more locally on defense. Oh, man. Don't want to forget Coach Henderson, by the way, from Lafayette, Jeff, who's also on the staff. So uh, local kids suiting up. These guys are all seniors, and uh, they suit up one more time for this game. Best of luck, boys. Hope everybody stays safe out there. Good luck trying to tackle Max Mullis. <laughs> I've got a lot of great guys. I, I, look, 15 years of doing local high school football. And I, I love every one of them. We have great local coaches. Uh, great local athletic departments who are always so kind to us when we come out. And really just great local kids. You know, not all of them go on to the next level. Not all of them go play, you know, football uh, or even athletics at the next level. But I respect all of them. And I respect all the coaches that go out there and, and, and they do that job for, quite frankly, not a lot of money for the time that they invest in the programs, which is a year-round thing. It's not, hey, they show up in you know, July, and then you do the camps all the way until you're eliminated from the state tournament, and that's that. I mean, it is a year-round thing. So many of them take some of their time out of their um, out of their seasons to do community service and charity work as well. 
and they represent our communities well too. Yeah, look, there's there's a knucklehead situation sometimes. It happens. We're talking with teenage boys here. Like you ain't never done nothing. But on the whole, I I enjoy the times that I get to go to practice and talk to these young men, talk to these coaches. I think all five area teams are really in good places right now with the staffs that they have. I genuinely believe that these staffs, uh, you know, head coaches, uh, very much care uh, about the well-beings of uh, their players, getting them to uh, achieve their goals, getting them better. And that's not, I, I don't take that for granted because that is not the same everywhere else in the state or in the country. So I'm very excited for us to be back out for Football Friday night. Myself and Jeff Julek again. We're just, how many weeks away are we from that? Four weeks? Five? Something like that. I think our first week's like the 18th, isn't it? First week. Put the schedule out soon. We'll be out there calling those games. I love the fans when we go out. I love everything about Indiana high school football. I just do. So those pants that are out there tailgating, always offering us something. Talk about how they listen to the show. They listen to the broadcast. It's a great time. It truly is. So if you see your local high school football players out there, give them a big thumbs up. Tell them they're doing a great job. Tell the coach they're doing a great job. Because I think all five teams are are in a good place or they're moving towards a good place. Um, I, I love all five teams that we have here right now and their, their staffs, their players. Just can't wait to see if we got another team that's a state title contender. We'll know soon enough here. I'm going to start getting out to practices soon. We'll know soon enough. But I'm pretty darn excited about it. All right, that about does it here for us on the uh, Hammer Down show. Uh, next week, Kyle Charter is going to be filling in for me on Thursday and Friday. Got a busy week here. Got that. Um, I'm also hosting the Tippecanoe County Queen pageant next Friday. Honored to do that. Honored to do that. I did that last year, and uh, I got humbled very quickly doing that. I don't know where these young women have the time to accomplish all that they do, but holy smokes, I thought I did a lot of stuff. Not anywhere close to what those young women do. So I'm honored again to be a part of that. So if you're going out to the fair next week, stop by and uh, check that out. It's uh, always a lot of fun. I I know I enjoy it. And man, it's... uh, Blinking, uh, summer's going to be over here in a couple of weeks, and we're going to be right back at it talking about uh, Purdue football practices, high school football practices. Baseball's going to be a thing of the past. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you back here again on Monday. More Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com.